you know, I thought about running up here real excited and jumping on the stage, but I figured I might trip over something, so I didn't do it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the blessings that you've brought to us. Oh, boy. What a great thing. What a great... Wow. What? love seeing all your hearts out there today. If any of you wants to follow along in a little bit here with scripture, I'll just like to give you a heads up first. The main scripture we're looking at today is Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Am I on or off or over or under? Or? Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure Roland can handle a little bit. <laughs> so good morning, friends, family. <laughs> yeah, bless it. Good evening. Okay. <laughs> Blessings. Happy Resurrection Day slash Easter, you know. What a great day to celebrate. It is. It's a great day to celebrate our Lord and Savior. I want to tell you, I, I am so full of joy to see you all here today. It just, it just over, overfills my heart. You see, Easter morning, hmm, really, revealed an empty tomb, didn't it? Because Jesus had risen from the grave, right? So the two men who first made that discovery had a choice to make. Hmm. Do they trust the good news that they're seeing there? Or do they ignore the evidence that is right in front of them? The, the resurrection of Jesus was definitely good news, right, wasn't it? I mean, it, it changed the lives of disciples, and, and by that ripple effect of what they did and their impact on this world, that changed the world forever, forever. And friends, we have the same choice to make as those ladies did. We have the same choice today. When we ignore the light of Christ for the darkness of this world, I tell you, we'll never find true and lasting peace and freedom. However, however, when we choose faith, we are found in Christ. Yes, found in Christ. And our lives are made new, made new. So can we pray real quick together here for this, I hope for all of us here. God, I believe that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. I'll come, will you come into our hearts and make us new, Lord? Remove all the sin in our life and replace it with your spirit, Jesus. I confess that you are my Lord and I believe that God raised you from the dead. Thank you for giving us the chance to be a new creation in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, like Scott started out, he's risen. He's risen. Yeah, all right. Good job, Scott. You taught him well. No. <laughs> you know, it's Resurrection Sunday, and today it's an honor to gather here with each of you. It is on this special occasion. You know, churches all over the world, all over the world, will come together to remember and celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It may go without saying, but the effects of the resurrection ha have reverberated throughout history. And, uh, you know, Jesus' defeated sin and death really has changed everything. It gives us a whole new perspective on things.
And remarkably, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us as well, right here, right now. It is. It changes us, it renews us, it breathes fresh new life into us. And the key to the transformation power is our faith, our faith in him, the one who has the power. Our faith, our hope, and our trust in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But for there to be a new life available for all humankind, well, there had to be a death, a sacrifice. You know, years ago, and I'd forgotten about this till I was thinking about this, years ago, I, I went hiking with some friends of mine, away, and this is many years ago, because I never could do it now, but uh, I went hiking with a group of friends, and it took us five days to cover almost 20 miles of terrain. We saw so much beauty, journeying from snow-covered peaks to lush green valleys and such, and but there was a section on the trail that we came upon that was different from the rest. It was charred, it was black, and dead looking. Another hiker that we passed uh, said that a year ago, um, you know, before uh, a large fire ravaged the area, it burned nearly 2,000 acres of forest. And everywhere we looked, all you could see was this burned landscape. And what was surprising, though, was that if you looked really close, really close, you could start to see little green spots here and there all over and, and shooting up through that scorched ground. And oddly enough, that burned timber and underbrush had created that perfect environment for growth from the ashes. New life was beginning to show. You see, it, it's not uncommon for life to be brought forth from death. It's not. And, and what may look like the end oftentimes can really be the beginning. The beginning. And friends, this is the story of Easter. It is. This is the story of Easter. Easter morning began with sadness in so many hearts. The Messiah was dead. Jesus had been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he'd been betrayed by one from his inner circle. He was beaten, and, and to that, you know, an unfair trial, and, and he was sentenced to death by crucifixion and hung between two thieves. Within hours of that, Jesus breathed his last and died. And with him, well, as you can imagine, if you were sitting there that day, died the hopes and dreams of those that had followed him. They believed that he was the one who would usher in the kingdom of God and make all things right. But now they mourned the loss of their friend. Jesus' body was taken down from the cross and laid inside a cold, dark tomb. Seemed like the end. It felt pretty final at that point. But what no one could see coming was that it was just the beginning new life was coming. Three days went by as Jesus' lifeless body lay in the tomb, and some of the disciples had uh, thought about returning to their old ways of life. <laughs> Any hope they had seemed to be buried behind a massive stone that was rolled to cover the entrance to that tomb where Jesus lay. But then, 
But then Sunday morning came. Easter morning. This morning arrived just like it did today. So we're going to read Matthew 28, 1 through 10, if you want to together. Starts out, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he, he lay. Then, then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of them into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Friends, the Bible tells us that at dawn, two women named Mary traveled to Jesus' grave. You know, other places in the scriptures tell us these women had come to anoint the body for burial. And, and then suddenly this violent earthquake happened and shook the ground and the angel of the Lord appeared and rolled away the stone. And the appearance of these angels and their clothing was shocking. I mean, the, the, the lightning, bright white and everything else. Wow, uh, what do you think you would do? <laughs> really? You know, the appearance was amazing. And, and, and it, the guards they, they were, that were watching, they were just so shocked, they just collapsed right where they were. But the angel spoke tenderly to them. He spoke a word of comfort that's pronounced. And I want you to remember this. How many days are in a year? 365? This, these words were pronounced 365 times in, in Scripture, throughout Scripture. And he said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. My friends, Easter is a time for, not for fear or sadness, but for joy. For joy. That's what Easter's here for. You know, though the women had come to care for Jesus' lifeless body, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. You know, the tomb was empty. He had risen. And the women ran off to find the other disciples, no longer filled with fear, but filled with joy. Joy. You see, Easter confronts our fears and offers us joy in everything we do. We live in a world today out there, I know most of us realize this, where it's easy to find ourselves in a very similar place as those women in the story, where fear is constantly attacking us every side in every way. 
any given Sunday, there are people across, all across the world who come to church sometimes expecting, so I think, I, I feel this sometimes, they're just expecting to see this lifeless Jesus. And many are filled with the anxiety and fear, fearful that their lives are never going to change, that their circumstances won't change, that their marriage can't be rescued, or that their diagnosis is a foregone conclusion. Just give up in fear. For too many of us, our lives are dominated by anxiety and fear, aren't they? We let that take over. But he is coming again soon, friends. He is. He's coming for us. And, and maybe this morning, the first thing you need to hear in this message of the angel at the empty tomb is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Joy and great things are coming. Easter confronts our fears. The empty tomb reveals the mighty power of God that was just, it was a reality for Jesus then. But you know what? It's a reality for us today, right here. It is, if you believe and have faith. Easter is a source of great joy, great joy for Christians. We are filled with joy because resurrection power is available and able to make everything new. Just like that scorched earth that I saw one long time. The empty tomb means your past can be made new. And I know several of you out there that know that for a fact. <laughs> the empty tomb means your hope for the future can be made new. The empty tomb means that your life can be made new. Joy is, is the byproduct of hope. And hope that if Jesus indeed has risen from the grave, then through our belief in him, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is impossible for God to do in our lives. Nothing. You know, there was a bright young girl of 15 who was suddenly cast upon a bed of suffering. 15 years old, completely paralyzed on one side and nearly blind. She heard the family doctor say to her parents as they stood by their bedside. The doctor said, she's seen her best days, poor child. And all of a sudden, she screamed out, no, doctor, my best days are yet to come when I shall see the king and his beauty. Hmm. Friends, that's our hope. That's our hope that we will be with him. Christ rose from the dead to give us a pledge of our own rising to be with him. The resurrection is the great antidote for fear of death. Nothing else can take its place. Nothing. No riches, no genius, no worldly pleasures or pursuits that we have. Nothing can replace that hope. No matter where you find yourself today, the empty tomb pushes back against your fear and reminds us that the best is yet to come, my friends, because Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive. So a, really a proper response to Easter is our faith, our trust, our faith. 
Faith is a word we use a lot in church, isn't it? <laughs> we have faith in all kinds of things. But the kind of faith the Bible speaks to is a deep, deep trust in something or someone that cannot explicitly be proven. You know, once the tomb was found empty, it was unexplainable at the time. But the women who had a choice to make, as did the disciples, would they have the faith that Jesus was indeed alive? Would they? You know, this has been the defining question for over 2,000 years, friends. Do we trust in the resurrection? Do you? <laughs> Do we believe that the power of God raised Jesus then can make us new now, can it? Do you believe that? Truly believe it and trust in it? Is that your faith? Paul addresses the question as he, as he writes to the early church in Rome. He, he wants to make clear the proper response to the empty tomb here. In Romans 10.9, he says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. See, the way to experience the power of God that, that can make us new is, is, this, is kind of a two-step process. Paul says, first you must declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, it means we have to demonstrate that Jesus is our authority by the things that we say and the things that we do, how we live our life. It's the outward evidence of that inward conviction that we have. And secondly, Paul says that we must believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. Our hearts must be convinced that the power of God is real, as real as we are here today. And the first step is an intellectual exercise. The second step is an exercise of trust. And both of them have to be parts of our lives. You know, I've always heard this illustration about faith. It can be illustrated by using a chair. You're all sitting in chairs there today, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we all sit in one every day, most of the, sometimes during the day. And it's an act out of faith when you think about it. You must first intellectually understand and conclude that the chair that you're sitting in is meant to be sat in, right? Okay. And, and that it's able to hold you up. <laughs> And then you have to trust that it's going to hold you by putting your weight on it and resting in its strength, really. The same thing is true of our faith. You've got to do both of those things. To celebrate Easter without making this fundamental decision to trust in Jesus' resurrection power, if you don't trust in that power, you're missing the whole point altogether. <laughs> You can be made new, and it's made possible through our faith in Jesus Christ. You can be made new. Our faith ensures that we are found in him. So allow Jesus, allow Jesus to take that old and make it new. Allow him to do that. Paul speaks in a different passage about the implications of placing your faith in Jesus. You know, after Jesus' resurrection, there's this amazing transformation in the lives of the disciples when you stop and think about what happened to them afterwards. They encountered Jesus in his resurrected form, and it causes them to go out 
go, go forth. Being, <laughs> from being afraid of their lives to being bold witnesses, they changed. It's new life. They're not afraid anymore. They're bold witnesses, standing firm for Jesus to what they've seen and learned from him. Paul expects this transformation to happen in the lives of every believer, every believer, even today, right here, right now. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And Paul says when people put their faith in Jesus, they become new creations. The first creation takes place, you know, if we remember back in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis, God created humankind without sin, and they existed in this perfect relationship with him. The Bible then tells us that after sin entered the world, everything was broken and in disrepair. Man could no longer walk in the garden with God. This is why Jesus did what he did. It was his broken body and shed blood on that cross that paid the price for our forgiveness, for our forgiveness of sin and restored us to his family. You know, and I thought about this. Isn't this interesting that Jesus' body was laid in a tomb in a garden? And some of us have seen that tomb and garden. It's beautiful. It's interesting. The second garden was a new creation place as well, just like the first. All, all of our old ways of living are replaced with new ones. Jesus takes our selfishness and replaces it with generosity. He takes our anger and replaces it with love. You know, he takes our addiction and replaces it with freedom. Freedom. He heals our brokenness, binds our wounds, and loves us unconditionally. He's worthy of our faith, our hope, our love, and our devotion. He is worthy. Yeah, you know, some of you know a few years ago I used to do some construction. <laughs> kind of similar to what you do, Mark. <laughs> you know, I, and uh, I was called to remodel this bathroom one time, and it had to be done. You know, those floors were kind of sinking and broken and yucky and t broken tile and no cabinets and bad paint. And what I realized is before any of the real changes could take place, I had to first tear out all the old materials, right? And what I found was no matter how much I tore out, there always seemed to be worse stuff underneath it. <laughs> and it always seemed to have to move and keep removing stuff. And the thing is, unless I did the hard work of removing everything completely that was rusted or rotten or broken or whatever, if I put in the new stuff, it just was wasted because it would get the same way. Once the removal was done, then the new replacement could take place. You see, the need to remove all that old garbage before the new can be brought in is absolutely necessary, even for our life, 
if the new is going to last forever. Easter is the proof, friends. It is the proof of the power of God. And today, you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is alive. He is. And beloved, I tell you all, he wants to do that work in you. He's not afraid of that. He wants to do that work in you. Invite him today into your heart and get him started remodeling that interior to do the remodeling work that only he can do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day, for this time, for this remembrance, Lord, of the work that you have done already and the work that you're prepared to do, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for everything that this day stands for in our love, in our life. And may your light continue to shine brighter every single day, Lord, as we seek to follow you in every way. May we seek to give our lives to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.